Joining the chorus, it's time for another North Melbourne Footy Club update with Dean Vasic and special guests on Hashtag Kangaroos. Welcome to another episode. My name is Dean Vasic. You can find me on Twitter at Hashtag Kangas or on Instagram at Hashtag Kangaroos Podcast. So today I was joined by Mark Hello to discuss our much improved performance against Collingwood on the weekend. Um, there was a lot of good uh, talking points, um, the form of certain individual players, the positives, uh, the, the the way we move the ball, um, the Jeff, Jeff Walsh influence, I suppose you could say. Um, yeah, and just yeah, a number of other things we talked about as well. So I won't hold you up anymore. I'll bring on Mark right now. All right, so I'm once again joined by Mark. Hello. Now, Mark, before we go uh, delve deep into the game on Saturday, uh, we had a reserves game uh, Saturday morning. And some really good uh, performances uh, from, in particular, in uh, Jason or Francis. Um, it, was, it was a good start to the day, wasn't it? It was a great start to the day, Dean. I thought, um, I mean, apart from the fact he played really well, um, he looked, and the feedback's been the same since, he looked like he had a great attitude. Uh, it, it, it certainly wasn't sulking about playing VFL, and he looked like he was working really hard and he was interacting with the other players. Um, working hard both ways in terms of being defensive. So I, I thought from that perspective, it, it seemed like something had clicked between him and the club um, during the last two or three weeks. And I think um, even some of the posts around him socialising the other players and someone said he'd moved in with Curtis um, with Curtis as well, which is interesting. Um, but that, that would be positive as well. So there, there seems to be something good's happened in terms of the relationship between the club and him over the last two or three weeks, which is great. Yeah, no, definitely. He was in the rooms at half time as well. I was talking yeah. to the Woodfield yes. group. Um, so, and, you know, he's doing TikTok videos with the boys as well. So, um, yeah, no, he's, look, he talk about his game on uh, Saturday morning 29 touches, uh, mm. clearly the best uh, by a mile. Uh, next best, I think, was Marty Hall with 24. Uh, 29 touches, seven clearances, six marks, and kicked a you know, nice left foot goal from about yeah. 40 out. So, yeah, he, he responded really well um, and took time out of his uh, day to have uh, take a photo with a uh, fan as well. We put up a nice um, po- uh, poster of him as well. So that, that was really good and it was off to a good start. And I thought um, a couple of other players have played really well. I thought Callan Dawson, um, yep. yeah, his intercept ability was uh, shown. Um, he obviously got recruited based on that ability and I thought he was really good. Obviously, his uh, disposal lacked uh, sometimes, turned it over a few times. And uh, Eddie Ford with limited opportunities, very classy player. And uh, hopefully we can get him in the seniors in the coming weeks because, yeah, I really like the looks of him. I know it's hard with uh, so many uh, those types of players in the seniors. Um, You talk about Cameron Zerha, Paul Mm. Curtis, um, Jack Zebul as well, and and even a few others. Curtis Taylor, I suppose you can throw in there. Um, Yeah, so it makes it probably a bit tough for him. But uh, I thought, um, yeah, I thought there was positive signs out of the reserves game. As well, yeah, so. yeah, I agree. I think uh, Callan Dawson, they might give him, they might give him one or two more weeks just to get used to the game plan and and uh, the structures and all of those sorts of things. But he looks when that when they when they feel right about him coming in, he looks he looks like he's ready to go. Um, and I totally agree with you about Eddie Ford. I, I, he looked good last year in his first year. Uh, I've never really seen him doing do much wrong either at VFL level or AFL level. He's just got that X factor about him and he's got high energy. He just looks like he loves playing. Uh, 
and you always think he's about to do something. So I, I think eventually he'll become a permanent member of the senior side. Um, how that works out with the structure of the senior sides, you know, debatable because, um, as you said, there's a few similar players like Cam Zerha is similar, although I'd argue that Ford, Ford runs a lot harder and Cam's, um, at this stage anyway, a lot stronger. Um, so they're still a little bit different, but filling a similar role. But I, I think, you know, Eddie Ford's going to be a very good player long term. I completely agree with you. Um, I think Dawson's, we're going to see him at some point this year. And I also think we're going to see Josh Gota at some at some stage as well. Although he only had 15 possessions on the weekend, he looks good when he's got it and, he's, and he seems to be doing the right things defensively and beating his man as well. So um, I think there's, there's a few few there that are um, going to get an opportunity sooner rather than later. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, he looked really good, though, Josh Gard. I forgot to mention him. I'm glad you did because, yeah, no, he's, he's got he's a good user of football, very athletic, um, mm. you know, sort of what, mid-180 centimetre type player that uh, can run and carry a football, good skills. So, yeah, no, definitely. Um, maybe with, uh, you know, three or four rounds to go, he might get his opportunity. But, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, as long as he stays fit and healthy because there's always going to be injuries and so they'd, forth. They'd love to get two or three games into him before the end of the year, you'd think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's he's had his uh, injury worries this year as well. So yeah, he's been a bit in and out. But um, yeah, just, he's got, just in terms the... of just in terms of the VFL side, are you? Do you know where Charlie Combin's at in terms of his um, his knee? I did see he's about one or two weeks ago, way during a week, you know, in okay. the injury report. So I'm not too sure how accurate that is. Um, he was spotted uh, kicking the footy with, uh, I think, Brett Shardy's son in a reserves for about 10 minutes. Yeah, he's, uh, a cla- he's a class act, Charlie Combin. Yeah, he is. Yeah, definitely is. So, uh, yeah, I'm not too sure. Um, yeah, hopefully sooner rather than later. And who knows, we might, might be able to get one or two games into him at the end of the year as well because we'd like to see that Larky-Combin combination, uh, you know, uh, before 2023. I think um, there's a lot Absolutely. of potential there. I mean, so. apart from the fact he comes across as an absolutely ripping bloke, he's happy to engage with supporters in the way that he does. Um, but he's got a lot of talent as well. So I think everyone wants to see him out there as soon as possible. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, no, it would be, be good. And uh, only uh, yeah, a positive thing for the club as well. Yeah. Um, we'll go to the game. Um, so we got, this is a complete uh, 180 from what we've been uh, seeing the last few weeks. And I suppose the question... Uh, is uh, why has it taken all year for us to play this sort of brand? It wouldn't have, have happen to have uh, anything to do with uh, Jeff Walsh being in the coach's box, would it? I, I, well, yes. I, I, yeah, it's interesting you say that. I think absolutely it does. And I, I don't. I, I only saw it on um, bits of it. I think it was on first crack last night. I didn't see it before the game. But there was obviously an interview between David King um, and the coach. I don't know whether it was, I think it was pre before the game. Yeah, it was. Uh, we're, we're, yeah, well, Noble said, oh, we we feel like we've been too defensive. So, it's, yeah. well, it's a bit like um, the Dirty Harry movie, <laughs> Who's We, Sucker? I mean, who, like, who, when he says we, who, what does he mean by that? Does that mean he's been too defensive or the players have been too defensive? I, I find that really interesting because it looked, the way things happened on Saturday, as if, um, there's been a very conscious effort to, to spend the whole season working on um, this defense, whatever he means by def- you know the defensive side of the game. And, and Ricky would be better at answering this than me. But um, and it was interesting to hear some of Ricky's comments on Twitter post the game about how pleased he was about the changes they made. 
but I, I just find it extraordinary. We went from what he perceived as a negative mindset to defensive to a positive mindset and the dramatic change it made because it took, I think, all of us back to the second half of last year. Yeah, um, exactly. So, look, there might be other elements to this, which is, you know, obviously Darcy Moore wasn't in the back line, which clearly helped. Um, Dugowie wasn't in the middle, which allowed us to be a bit more dominant. But regardless of that, it was the attitude of the players. They were they were taking more risks. They were making less mistakes as a result of that. They felt more confident. So something freed them up and freed their minds up. Um, so I, I, I don't know if we'll ever find out what, um, created that change in mindset during the week, but I think you're possibly right. I, I think Jeff Walsh has been there, being there has had some effect in that he might have fed back, he might have given feedback back to Noble about what everyone around him was thinking, uh, and Noble was forced to make that change. I don't know. That's just a you know an absolutely wild guess, but um, it was it was a dramatic change, and boy did it make a difference. Yeah, I mean. It was a, a proactive sort of approach uh, rather yep. than a reactive one. Um, trying to play the game in the forward half rather than actually playing defensive half. Where we do just being chip, 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 all right, last resort. Umpire's called play on. Let's go long down the line where we don't have numbers. Um, you know, and look, we had 59 inside 50s, which is the most we've had since last year. We played Gold Coast, you know, mostly the last few weeks or probably the last six to eight weeks. It's been inside 50 count have been one way and we've been getting 30 to 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, most weeks. So to get 59 was a big uh, bonus. Um, yeah, we definitely try to lock the ball more in our forward half, um, try to take the corridor on a bit more. You know, we've we seen a, a good passage of play by Charlie Lazaro, who decided to take it on to Goldstein in yeah. the second quarter, and we, we ended up getting a, a goal through that. Um, there's a bit of luck. I think there was a misbounce uh, from uh, to Jack Zeeble, who turned around and snapped the goal. But still, we made our own luck as opposed to hoping, you know, like uh, just going along down the line, hoping someone could take a big mark. So it was definitely, yeah, a more proactive sort of approach. And, you know, and, and Collingwood um, couldn't 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 adjust pretty much for the first three quarters. So, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, hopefully this is this is the brand we bring forward from now on. Um, that's yeah. that's what we want to see. You know, we, we, we don't care about losses, but it's it's the way you lose. And uh, I think David King summed it up uh, really well, sort of said, if you're going to get sacked, I mean, you might as well get sacked on your own terms rather than actually just uh, letting it be dictated by yes. you know, negativity, really. So, yeah, yeah, I found that very interesting because he kept he said that repeatedly and then he said it again on first crack the other night and it was interesting that they got in. The, he interviewed him before the game. Of course, we're not privy to whatever conversation they had, um, you know, before and after that interview, but... And, and I just noticed a big change in the way Noble spoke in the last week. And I just, I don't know. Look, again, I'm guessing, but I've, I've got a funny feeling he, he seems to be more aware of the circumstances he's under than he was even a week ago. Um, so I, I don't know. You just don't know what's going on with the Walsh Review. It'll Eventually it'll come out. But um, it, it was interesting that, and I'm not, Tom Brown's, you know, he's just, it's a, it's, it's probably worse than a 50-50 chance he's going to get it right. But um, it's interesting that he said if North lost, he was going to go this week, Noble. Um, There's been no talk of that, has there? No, there hasn't. And to be honest, I'd find that a ridiculous situation if North play well and suddenly, you know, they hold off. If, if, they, if, they were, if they've already made up their mind, they can't muck him around. It's not fair. Um, so I'm assuming that Tom Brown's got that completely wrong because I, I, can't, I can't believe... 
he's got to live on a week to week situation. Whereas we play well one week, lose that. Um, but if we play better, I'm still a chance to survive. But the next week I lose and I'm gone again. He can't. You can't operate like that. You've got to look at the whole body of work, and Walsh must be looking at the um in the entirety of his coaching uh, time at the club, and certainly this year, not not just the last few weeks. He, there's no way they're operating like that. That would be amateurish. So, yeah. whatever. If, if he was the right man before the weekend, he's the right man now, and probably vice versa. Um, but it's it the, the, certainly there was some positive signs from all the players. The, the players to me have been trying pretty hard. Uh, since the break, I don't think that's necessarily been an issue. I think they're having a, a pretty, you know, a real crack. Um, but for whatever reason, on Saturday, it just suddenly looked confident. And of course, it helps when you've got Luke Davis Uniaki, you know, playing the way he was, of course. Yeah, and definitely, uh, if you get an opportunity, check out uh, Ricky's article um, on the shinburner.com. You, you sold it up really well. Mm. Yeah, um, but yeah, look. Um, with the Jeff Walsh, Walsh review, yeah, it's look, I mean, it's probably reset the clock. By a week, another week, and it's a week by a week proposition at the moment. That's just the reality he's in. Um, yeah. So, yeah, if we get a bad loss this week, then he'll probably go next week. So, yeah, but with a competitive performance, he'll keep his job for another week, and that's just uh, how it is at the moment. So, there's no, look, if you, it wouldn't make any sense to change a coach now after a competitive performance, then you might as well have just got rid well, of him six weeks ago if you're going to do well, that. So. Well, the, well, that's, yeah, well, that's what I'm confused by. So, if they've already, if, if, if Tom Brown was right and they were planning to get rid of him this week, you know, based on a normal, say, a 40-point loss, I just find it extraordinary that they go, okay, so we'll have played well for three quarters. Um, let's just – let's hold it off for another week and see if they win or lose next week. I just – that would be that would be strange to me. That would, that would be what you'd expect at maybe at a district club, not at an AFL club. So – I, I don't know. I understand. I, I know it's about optics, and, and that's probably what you're referring to in that, um, you know, you can't put on a much such an improved performance and then sack the coach that week. Um, but as you said, if they knew what they they were going to do it anyway a week ago, they, they shouldn't have waited till the weekend because they're yeah. just they're making it's just making a dog's breakfast of the whole thing. So, uh, mate, look, you never know. Jeff Walsh might come out and go, it's the supporter round, noble is the issue. It's not David at all. And oh, could be, yeah. And look, whatever I I trust, and uh, my you know the un, the understanding seems to be that it's not just North that wanted Walsh in that there was a big push from the AFL for him to come in and be a part of the review. If that if that's the case, that's fine. And and if Walsh comes back and says, look, he's definitely the right man to lead the club to a premiership in his opinion, uh, and he's been in there and spoken to everyone there, I'll I'll absolutely accept that. But um. That if it's not if it's not noble, then there's other people around him that have made life, you know, are a problem. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what comes out of it. But I hope that it's not dicking him around for three or four weeks when they already know what the outcome is. Um, because I don't see any value. I don't see any value in that, you know. Uh, but we'll, anyway, we'll see. It'll be yeah. either way. Either way, it was a much improved performance on the weekend, and it was great to see them being positive. Yeah, 100%. No, I mean, time will tell what happens yeah. with um, the Jeff Walters review. It's only got a couple more weeks to go and then well, uh, decisions suppose, will be made. Yeah, that's right. I suppose the other part of it is I don't think there'd be any urgency or any concern about you know, doing anything till the end of the season if there wasn't the shadow of Clarkson hanging over, over everyone and the fact that it, right now it looks like it's either GWS or us as his two options. So... Mm. 
there's that added pressure of Clarkson. If, if you took him out of the picture, there's really no need to do anything until after the season finishes. Um, no, probably but, not. But, but that's, that's, probably, that's probably what's driving it. Yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, like, like we've uh, stated, yeah, time will tell, I guess. Um, yes. All that, so, yeah, we'll see how we go. We'll go to individual performances mm. um, from the game. There's obviously some really good ones. Uh, in particular, in the midfield, Luke Davis Uniac, who just keeps um, lifting his game to a whole new level every week, and he's probably he's as good as anyone in the competition at the moment, isn't he? Like with his how red hot he is. I'll go through his statistics: thirty-three touches, seven hundred ninety-one meters gained, uh, sixteen contested possessions, seventeen uncontested, uh, twelve clearances, eleven tackles, um, and you know uh, eight score involvements as well. Uh, so. It was almost a complete performance, and he always carried our team to a victory, didn't he? Yeah, well, he, he's he's playing like he did at schoolboy level again now. Um, his his explosiveness from um, clearances is unbelievable. When you talk about you know, they talk about the driving legs out of um, stoppages, he's almost the best in the comp at it at the moment. Um, yeah, he's finding space where there is none sometimes. Well, it just exactly. It just he takes the ball out of the center. It looks like he's got all the time in the world. It's quite amazing. Um, his first five meters in terms of speed is is extraordinary. He's really, he's uh, you know, he his lower body leg strength, lower body strength is amazing at the moment. He's um right up there with anyone in terms of that. So if he, I mean, if, put it this way, if he continues that type of form, you, know, you can't play like that every week. But that that vein of form through the next 12 months, he'd have to be all Australian next year. So as much as we always get ignored, um, it's pretty exciting. I mean, if, if, if they, th- that midfield, if you had Cunnington coming back, LDU starting to play like that, Simpkins not at his best, but he's an absolute gun player. I know some supporters aren't convinced of that, but you don't come second the best and fairest, win the best and fairest, become vice captain unless you're a pretty good damn player. Um you add those, you've got those three, and then you've got, you know, you've got Anderson, Powell, Phillips to come back in, Thomas. Um, you know, it's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good midfield they're starting to build. So I, I hope they can hold all those guys together because there is a lot of talent in that in that area, and I, I, we saw glimpses of it on, on more than glimpses of it on Saturday, and that was without, you know, no Phillips. Um, no Taron Thomas, no Jason Torn Francis. There's plenty of ability there. I think um, I think that's going to be very exciting, and particularly if they can build on Mackay and Larky on the forward and the back line. If they can add another elite forward, another elite back, uh, and find someone to replace Hall in terms of speed. And I'm not saying Perez and Goethe might be those people anyway, but you know I've been saying it all year. But the list is nowhere near as bad as what it's looked like in terms of the scoreboard. So I, I think I think and I think a lot of uh, a lot of supporters woke up on Saturday and suddenly believe actually we're not as bad as you know we we think we are. So and hopefully the players felt like that as well. Yeah, yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, just uh, I think with Luke Davies Uniac, he's probably going to get more attention from opposition teams this week. They didn't show him much respect on the weekend. Collingwood no. gave him far too much space in the mid in the, as far as clearance work. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, he, he'll get more attention in the coming weeks, but hopefully uh, Horn Francis, well, he would definitely come in this week, you'd have to think. So, oh, yeah, yeah obviously that will help him out a bit. Um, Jed Anderson, I thought, was very good as well in the midfield. Um, you know, 33 touches. Yes. 
uh, yeah, and, and his disposal was quite good, eighty-two percent on a weekend, which is um, which is quite good for him. It's usually around fifties. I'll tell you what's even more exciting for the club because it, it you know when you to win a flag, your bottom six players end up being as important as your best six, and people like Lockie Young, um, Scott, and Curtis Taylor, they're, they're, you know, those three in particular, their improvement and their work ethic through the year. Um, has been terrific, and now it's paying dividends. Particularly Lockie Young on the weekend, he's been tough all year. Uh, he's made he's made mistakes with decision making, disposal. I get that, but he's he's cleaned that up, and he looked fantastic on the weekend. I was wrapped for him. Yeah, he played really well. Probably his best game for the club. Fifteen touches, ninety three percent disposal uh, efficiency. Uh, in a, I think he had a few intercepts as well. Just looking here, oh, three intercepts, two intercept marks. So yeah, no, it was a, it was a very good game. Um, you know. Ben McKay um, was, you know, had uh, eight intercept marks, I believe, or something like that, and uh, eleven intercepts overall. Yeah, he, he he carried the back line, and yeah, Nick Larkey um, got the fruits reward. And you know, if you move the ball quick and um, down the corridor, then uh, yeah, your forwards are in prime position to take advantage of that, and that, that's what happened. And it gave him the best opportunity. The last the last you know six to eight weeks, the the ball's just been uh, moving too slow. He's been yes. uh, having to go up to the wing to get um, you know a touch of the football or try to get a touch of the football. So yeah, well, when you move the ball, yeah. go. No, I was just going to say, Larky's probably been in fifty goal a season form just without the opportunity to do it. Um. It's yeah. just, it's just, it just hasn't been down there, and when it is getting down there, it's just, it's so slow. As you said, the ball movement's been too slow. I mean, Carl, you know, it's been a bit of probably, a, it probably feels like a bit of a wasted year for him. And it's, and I noticed Cam Mooney's been obviously um, doing some work with him, but he's a very, very smart footballer, really clever player, and um, he just needs another forward. And by the way, it certainly helped him when Goldie was down there. Because it, it, they 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 started to get nervous about Goldstein taking marks, so that helped Larky as well, and also um, you know Cam Zerha was lurking around. So you get it down, and, and on top of that, I love having Curtis and Spicer on that forward line. Just completely changes the uh, the dimension and the um, the speed that we've got. It just it certainly adds something different, and I think long term that's going to be the answer. Yeah, he's quite quick, uh, Phoenix Spicer. Um, oh, yeah, yeah which, which helps. You know, he puts a little bit of pressure on the kicker because he, he quickly um, gains ground on him. You know, so, yeah, it, it certainly uh, puts pressure on, on a defender to, you know, make a quicker decision. So I like having those types of players in the full line. Paul Curtis as well. Oh, yeah, know, he's terrific. Yeah, he's, he's got a lot of class about him. Um, had a quiet second half. Only had two touches in the second half. So, mm. yeah, he's just got to get that consistency uh, throughout the game a bit better. But um, he'll get there. He's only a kid. So. Oh, yeah. Well, great first season. Terrific. Yeah, with uh, Todd Goldstein, very good on a weekend again. Um, mm. Is this pushing the case for him to get another year, you believe? Yeah, well, I, 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 I would have uh, argued against him staying six months ago and I have to admit I think I'm wrong now I think um, I think he's he's the one with the most influence on the kids there I think he's the one who stood up all year as a senior player um, Luke McDonald obviously has been terrific all year as well but he's you know he's not quite in that age bracket yet but you know in terms of the 30 and overs but in terms of players that are, have got you know experience 200 plus game experience I, I as much as it, it's probably not ideal in terms of the development of Cum, Common Jones and Cherry, um, I think next year they're going to have to rotate those two 
through. Let's let's assume, say, next year's Goldstein's last season and they want him to play 15 or 16 games next year. So they get 15 out of him um, and they try to get, you know, and mix it up between the other two. I think that would work fine. I think he's too important to the club now in terms of culture and um, working with the other kids. He's also one of the few that really handles himself well in the, in the media. Uh, and they've asked him to front the media all through this year. So I, I, I have to say that I think they owe him at least another 12-month contract. So we'll have to see what happens. But, um, yeah, I've completely, completely, I've completely changed my mind on that. I must admit I've completely flipped. Um, yeah. Well, it depends yeah. on him as well. He might, uh, yeah. like if Geelong sort of come knocking, look, look, have a year at us and try and get a flag. Well, we've got Dangerfield and, you know, because I think he's, he's a better ruckman than Reece Stanley. Um, that's um, that's my biased opinion. Uh, mm. That's but um, yeah. Look, if he wants to get a premiership, uh, down, you know, down the highway, um, yeah, that that might be an op- an option for him as well. So, and I wouldn't begrudge someone like that uh, wants to chase a flag because, you know, next year if it is his last year, we're probably not going to play finals. You'd have to think based on this year. So, you know, I mean, it depends on how he wants to finish his career. Whether he wants to be a three hundred game player for North Melbourne Football Club or yeah, three hundred game player somewhere else and a premiership player. So I, I get the feeling he wants to stay at North. That's the impression he's certainly giving at the moment. Um, and if he wants to, I think we have to do the right thing. I really do. Uh, but oh, look, yeah. But look, let's let's face it. If who knows? I mean, really, so much is we we don't know what's going to go on with the with the Walsh review. So they can't really the club really can't make any decisions until that comes out. I mean, at the moment they're talking about how and David Noble's confirmed it. They want to bring in another thirty or over type Luke Hodge type player at the club. Well, they can't. They can't really do that or talk to anyone until whoever you know. If David Noble's going to be confirmed for next year, well then yeah, move. You can just move ahead and do that. Um, but that that's that's you know fifty fifty probably. Let's call it at the moment. So they, yeah, they can't they can't make a lot of these decisions until and it's probably the same for Taron Thomas and Jason Horn Francis and a lot of guys have been. A bit unsettled this year, and Cam Zerha, for that matter, who's out of contract. A lot of these guys probably want to know who their coach is next year and, and what the setup's going to be. So I, I, that's why I hope it gets so, sorted out one way or another fairly quickly, and you know before the season ends, so it settles everyone down. They know where they're heading. I, I think the players seem like they're really, um, they seem really bonded. I don't, I don't know whether. That's happened through the buy. I know they went away for that with one or two nights together camping and whether that's had a really positive effect. But they seem to have gelled really well together again recently and it, it, they seem far closer. Even that, I mean, look, I know it's silly, but even that TikTok video, I enjoyed seeing that. Just the young players all enjoying their company together on a you know, Saturday night. So I'm, I'm hoping that that culture that's always been so good and um, is, is back back been put back together. It certainly feels a bit that way at the moment, which is really good. Yeah, hundred percent. I couldn't agree uh, more with that. We'll go back to the game now. Um, any negatives uh, from the game? Probably, probably the last quarter was. Um, yeah, uh, you know, is there anything we could have done differently? You think, uh, particularly in the last quarter, um, to try and hold on to a win or even win? Well. Again, uh, there's people better than me who understand the um, structures better than I do. But look, most people just said, "Oh, we ran out of steam, we ran out of legs," and there'd be some, there'd be some truth to that. Um, 
But also, I feel like the same thing happens every time the opposition turn up the heat in terms of defensive pressure on us. Once it gets to a certain level, we seem to really struggle, and we don't we don't really have a plan B. And and it was obvious right from the start of the last quarter, Collingwood were going to throw everything at us and come at us hard in terms of pressure, and then our decision making seems to struggle again. Um, and, you know, and the result was no goals for the quarter. So, you know, and Richmond are going to be like that this week. We're not going to get we're not going to get easy access through the corridor corridor against Richmond. That's not going to happen. So, and then then and then you know we're not going to have the element of surprise that we had against Collingwood, where they probably thought that we you know we've come off a hundred twelve point loss. Um, they probably thought it was going to be a pretty easy day in front of their fans at the G, uh, and got a big fright. So I don't think that'll happen this week for Richmond. So. I don't, I don't know whether, from a coaching perspective, what you can do to enable them to have, you know, what is the plan B when the opposition's got their precious pressure at their highest? Because we didn't really protect that lead. That, that would be the, you know, from a negative perspective during that last quarter, what could have we done to protect that lead better? Um, or did we need to keep attacking, you know, just be as aggressive as we had been? I'm not sure, but. You normally need your senior players to stand up in that situation. And Collingwood's did. They had Pendlebury. Um, Taylor Adams. Yeah, yeah. Taylor yeah. Adams. Uh, who's the ball bloke on the wing? He's played about 300 games. Oh, yeah, side bottom. Yeah, he was, he was bottom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they all stood up massively. Um, so that, that helps. And we don't really have a big core of that type of player at the moment. Goldstein's the exception. Um, Jack Siebel did okay, but we 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 do lack that you know that sort of experience in in that situation. So, you know that might be all it is, and and maybe there is some truth to the fact from an endurance perspective um, we were cooked. It uh, certainly looked like that. Um, mm. Like uh, Aiden Bonner cramped uh, early yeah. in the last quarter. Flynn Perez as well, and yeah, we sort of uh, a few players looked like they were out on their feet. So maybe they had a bit of uh, saying to it. We just um, lost a couple of centre clearances early in the last quarter, which hurt us, and they got two goals within two minutes. And you know, there's yeah, it was always going. And then uh, Dacos kicked one from the boundary, and it got it back mm-hmm. to eight points. And you sort of knew then and there that uh, yeah. it was going to be a battle uh, to hang on. They they fought valiantly. Um, their pressure rating from Colin in the last quarter was two hundred six. So yeah, you know, I don't mind. How do we have players cramping at, at, at round sixteen? Well, the last uh, week? you expect that in preseason. Um, yeah, but... Aiden Bonner's had an interrupted year, so I don't yeah, think sorry, not him. I agree with that. That put him. Yeah, aside. and Flynn Perez as well. Um, you mm. know, probably you know still getting used to the rigors of AFL football after a couple you know um, bad runs True. with injuries. So, True. Um, yeah, I don't mind losing games like that because you learn a lot more. Losing a close one like that, uh, rather than actually, you know, getting done by hundred points or eighty points, oh. just uh, being negative. So, uh, look, yeah. put it put it this way: if 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 most of our losses have been like that this year, no one would have an issue. No, that's right. Yeah, you know, but... I, I wouldn't care if we we had only won one game for the year, but we just well, actually, that's not true. If we play like that, you're going to win four or five games, aren't you? No, oh, so that, and that, and that's probably what most of us expected going into the season. Um, some might have thought, look, we could win eight eight plus games, but most would have thought, okay, if we win five or six, and we're competitive in most games, we'll be happy. That's exactly what you'd expect. Mm-hmm. And I, and I get the whole um, improvement isn't always linear, so and you accept that as well and go, all right, we'll stagnate, we'll win four or five games, and we'll be competitive. That'll be similar to where we were in the end of twenty one. 
it's it's just been this it was the sudden dramatic fall off the you know off the earth to how do we get to Fitzroy type levels? So <laughs> it, it felt like Saturday was exactly what we thought was going to happen. Um, so I, I, look, we, we should be very happy with what happened on Saturday, but I'm not, uh, you know, it, it, I'm not thinking, Oh, I'm so proud of the team and did it like a lot of people have been saying. I think I'm all no, that's exactly what, what it should have been this whole year. And I, and I'm curious to understand why, it's taken to this point and, and what's caused that and you know, why has it come good now? Um, but I'm glad it has. There's no doubt about that. If it actually keeps continuing, it's a great thing. Yeah, 100%. I mean, it's it's about moving forward now and, and, yeah. and uh, keeping this brand going uh, for the rest of the season and um, trying to scare a few teams. Um, I'll talk about, uh, yeah, I mean, I mentioned negatives. Uh, probably a couple of players that I was a little bit disappointed in. Uh, Aiden Kaur, I think it was uh, the third quarter, missed a tackle on a kid. Um, yeah. uh, I think it was uh, Henry, mm. um, Ollie Henry, which was which was disappointing in a couple of other efforts of his. Like I'll go through his stats. I only had seven touches. Um, like uh, I think he only had one intercept for the game. Like he's a good user of football, but you know. He didn't really do much. I expect a lot more from him, um, especially with the money we're paying. And Jaden Stevenson, uh, obviously, there's been a lot of media talk about a couple of his efforts in the last quarter were pretty, pretty soft, and he'd be really disappointed. Like a missed tackle that cost us a goal, and one just um, didn't put his body in the line as well. So yeah, I mean, those sorts of things hurt too, don't they? They do. Um, I don't. I, I, I'm always reluctant to um, go after individual places. I never understand. You never know what's going on behind the scenes. But when you, you're right, though, once you take the field, you you know you're open for discussion in terms of how you perform. Core's been disappointing all year. There's no doubt about that. I'm not. I don't know. It's it started off though. He looked confused about what his role was supposed to be, and that seems to have just um, compounded throughout the season. And now he's just his confidence is is really down. I, I, I think whether it's another coach or the same coach, I think that'll get rectified over summer and I think he'll be a better player next year. I think I've seen him play good football for GWS. So what he's doing at the moment doesn't make sense. I think I think that's an, it's, this season's going to be an aberration. I think he will be a good player again. Um, I know he missed that tackle, but effort's not normally a problem for him. So I, I think that'll be sorted out. Jaden Stevenson's far more complicated. Um, and far more worrying because he's a he's a unique talent, but he's got a very he's fragile from um, from a confidence perspective. And when when players don't go hard, I, people aren't just born. They're not. It's not. He's he's not played AFL level, and he's um, incapable of, of going hard when he needs. So I've seen him do it. So it's a it is it's a type of confidence, and he's not one of these people that naturally will go hard at every contest. He's got to have a mindset that allows him to do that. So they, they're going to have to work very hard with him. And I think um, – I, I thought it was unfortunate that he had to stand up for himself today. He came out – they they door-stopped him on the way into the club, I think. And um, he defended himself, and he was reasonably good in doing that. I, I would have liked to have seen – I think a strong coach or someone else within the club would have come out. And I, Brent Harvey tried to defend him, uh, but he was a bit on the spot yesterday. I think yeah. someone had to come out today and defend him because just – regardless of what the conversations are internally, and I'm sure they need to be strong conversations internally, but publicly you need to protect a player like that. He's a kid. He's, he's still only 24 or whatever age he is. 
23. Um, yeah, 23. He's still a kid. I mean, he, he's being attacked by everyone. So he's not a 54-year-old coach who's been around the block a million times and can look after himself. This is a 23-year-old kid who's probably a bit fragile mentally as it is. And you've been basically called gutless um, by, by ex-AFL coaches and stuff like that in the media. That's a pretty lonely – I imagine that's a pretty lonely place to be. So I, I hope his supporters and anything else we get behind him because he has got talent. We've just got to hope that it comes out. He needs to – he does need to mature. He is very mature. He needs to grow up a bit. He needs to have a big off-season, put some muscle on um, and commit himself to be the best player he can be because he could be All-Australian if he if he gets it right. But uh, I'm not prepared to give up on him yet. I think um, I think he will come good. And if he, he's the sort of player that will make a difference in a grand final one day. Um, yeah, so, I mean, if this football is up the ground. I mean, I don't mind trialling yeah. him as a defender to learn a bit about the defensive side of the game. I mean, it's about his development more. I mean, that's, that's been uh, clear because, mm. you know, we're not winning games anyway. So, you know, I'm happy for him to be trialled as a halfback flanker. And, yeah, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, those couple uh, soft efforts uh, in the last quarter probably uh, compounded. Um, he's obviously got a sore hip, and I don't know if that's a hip-related uh, injury to his uh, pre-season hip accident. Hip Hip and back. Yeah. Uh, I, I'd say it is. I'd say it would be related to that incident. Yeah, he uh, did. Um, he did have a nasty um, yeah, incident mm. in the pre-season. Oh, in the off-season, I should say. So, yeah, whether that um, uh, is acting up and uh, affecting affecting his you know, ability to play for football at a high level, I'm not too sure. But, um, you know, he did a couple of nice things. He's a good user of the football. And, you know, he did a couple of nice handball in the first quarter, which, read, which was – uh, a link in the chain that led to a Curtis Taylor goal. So, yeah, is I mean, I see more of a, a wingman, half forward type of player. And when we're a good team, that's when you'll see the best with him. Um, like like we here he was at Collingwood um, in his first year. Yeah, so hopefully, um, yeah, we can uh, get him back uh, on the park and, um, yeah, fire him because, yeah, he's an important part of their future. So I'm not going to write him off just yet like a lot of people have and call him calling him that he's at these crossroads now, but uh, I still think, um, yeah, his uh, best football is um, up there with um, as good as anyone, really. So we'll see how we go. Yeah, we'll talk about disposal efficiency. So this week we had a better disposal efficiency, which is very rare, 76%, which is um, a lot better than uh, the week before, which is about 60-odd. Is it just um, moving the ball quicker? That's why, you know, we played the game on instinct and um, that's why our skills were a lot better this week. Do you believe that? Well, yeah, I think there's a, there's a number. Yeah, it's a really good question. I think, first of all, the players had a mindset where they weren't frightened to make mistakes. And you, you mentioned it right at the start. Charlie Lazaro, that was a very risky kick he, he did. He executed it beautifully, and there was a number doing that. I noticed Young was um, taking a lot more chances with his kicking and, and pulling it off, um, where he was making some pretty bad mistakes you know, earlier in the year doing the same thing. So they just didn't. They just didn't look scared to make a mistake. It's funny when they're chipping it around in the back line. They, in previous weeks, they look more prone to making mistakes than they did this week when they were taking chances and just going for it and moving fast. So they, rather than stopping and waiting and looking for the, you know a hundred percent sure thing, they just moved the ball quickly and and their first, um, the first they used their eyes and the first thing they saw they went for, and they were yeah. obviously told if it if it doesn't work out, never mind. We can't we can't get any worse, so let's just go for it. So, 
and that and that worked fantastically well. At the same time, I don't think Colin would put a level of pressure on us that that they would normally do until the last quarter. And I think you have you know, we have to sort of um, assume you know we're going to get a bit more of that this week. I think, but that, you know, I think there are a number of things. But certainly the, the shackles got lifted. It was almost like um, it, they played the way as if Noble had, had lost his job and that someone and and Blakey had taken over. And lifted the shackles off, and that's what it looked like watching it. Um, yeah, well, whether Jeff Jeff Walsh had anything to say during the week about it, or I'm not too sure, but um, yeah, it was a completely different uh, well, you, team. You wouldn't you wouldn't be shocked if that was the case, would you, Dino? That that, oh. that some feedback had gone in that look, everyone's feeling like you're being too negative. You need to free them up a bit. Maybe that happened. Who knows? But it, 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 something changed because he said we feel like we've been too defensive. Well, he hadn't said that for the whole year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and when you get involved every week, there must have been plenty of evidence. There was fifteen weeks of it. So, um, anyway, I'm bloody glad it's happened one way or another. It was great well, to watch. Yeah, better late than never, I suppose. So, yeah, yeah no, it's. Uh, well, I'll see how we go. Um, so, does a game like this maybe hurt our chances of a priority pick? We've played it. We've played a team that's won six in a row. We've only lost by seven points. We played a good brand of football. I mean, it, it's a small sample size. Obviously, it's not it hasn't happened over the last month or anything like that. Um, does the AFL sort of say, well, what you know, the talents here? Why aren't you playing like this every week? And why should we give you a priority pick? Um, well, I think it's a bit like the David Noble argument. I think you, you can't you can't play a good three quarters and then suddenly say everything's changed. The last three months have forgotten. I, I think the AFL. Um, the last, and it's the same again. If let's say, for example, um, you know, Walsh comes back and goes, okay, yep, I like what I've seen the last three weeks. North have really improved. Uh, commit to Noble for twenty twenty three. If we, if we if that happened and the same thing happened this year, uh, same sorry, if next year repeated this year, we finished off well and then went back to to the same form of twenty twenty two in twenty three. If we're in this position in 12 months, we're going to lose players. We're going to potentially lose sponsors. We'd be in all sorts of trouble. So that's why I was saying earlier, they've got to look at the whole body of work and be really 100% confident that Noble's going to take, is the man to take us into finals in the next three or four years, you know, and potentially further than that, based on what he's done over the full, you know, the two years that they've been watching him. It can't be over the next last two or three weeks. It's the same with the AFL. They, they're going to look at what's happened over the last two to three years. We've gone 17th, 18th, and we're going to come 18th again, most likely. You can't just play well one week and go, fuck that. They're not getting the, sorry, excuse me. They're not getting the, priori- they're not getting the priority pick anymore. Um, maybe if we win the next, you know, if we win three or four games going home, they might have a change of view. But I'll be, I'll be very surprised if the AFL don't think North needs some help to make sure they're competitive. Um, next year and beyond, you know, uh, the last thing they feel cannot afford for us to have a season like this next year. That's not that's not good for them. It's not good for, from from a ratings perspective, crowds perspective. They they need eighteen teams to be relatively competitive. I don't agree with this talk that they feel saying teams. You know, they um, they're not allowed to bottom out anymore. I think that's ridiculous. You still. You know, St. Kew, there's a good argument going around today that St Kilda haven't bottomed out. And they're going to end up in no man's land, and that might be right. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the risk, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's right. I mean, Melbourne bottomed out. And that's why they've got all these superstars in their midfield. You know, mm. and same with Carlton. 
you know, Carlton have got guns at either end. Weedering at one end, even though he's injured at the moment. Mackay at the other with Kerno, and they've got Walsh and um, you know Cripps and all these guys in the midfield. So it's it's all very well to say you're not allowed to bottom out, but they're, they're, not everyone can do what Geelong has done, which is basically you need ge- genius people in charge to do what Geelong has done. It's freakish that they've been playing finals essentially since 2005 and never bottomed out. I mean, I, I don't know how they've done it. But not many clubs can do that. That's very difficult. Um, yeah, I mean, with uh, Geelong, I'll, I'll just interrupt you for a second. Mm. They, were, they were on the verge of bottoming out um, until Patrick Dangerfield came to the club. Yes. Uh, they, they struggled the year uh, – they missed the eight uh, – the year that uh, – that he was his last year at Adelaide, and then right. he came across. So they obviously, yeah, had the, yeah, they still had the core there, and they thought, all right, well, we, yeah, we can. Or we, then they started recruiting, and you know, they became a destination club effectively. So yeah, I mean, it, a well, lot of that has to do with luck with them too. It is luck. I mean, who would have thought Hawkins would, you know, win three or four All Australians after the age of thirty? Yeah, it's not bad. It's, it's, I mean, it's, yeah, it's amazing. So the, the guy's, he's, he's peaked at, at, you know, in his 30s. That's unusual. So whereas they probably thought, a lot of people would have thought he'd be declining. He's gone the other way and become, you know, superstar of the comp. Um, Dangerfield's come in, as you said, which is 100% right. That So that's, you know, lifted them up again. But okay, well, we've got Dangerfield. Hawkins is playing well. Selwood's still playing well. Um, you know, you've got Guthrie and Duncan that will keep going. and then, But then they find these players that are not even in top 50 picks. Tom Stewart they find locally. I mean, Blitzars is a bloody, you know, um, and it, it, he's, he's brought out of athletics and wins two best and fairest. I mean, it's extraordinary what they've been able to do from a recruitment point of view. And I think that's, you know, if there's one thing I love North to learn from is we, we and look, Larky's the one we've brought in from late as a late pick. Cam Zerha is a rookie. So we've done, a, we've had a few of them, but we need to find players in the 50s and 60s. Um, you know, that area, if you want to win flags, you've got to find a few gems late in the draft. That's probably the area we've been a bit weak. Um, yeah, the last couple of years have been better. Um, well, you know, well, we found Curtis Taylor. Well, Lopes. Curtis, Curtis is Paul Curtis. Yeah, Paul Curtis is as well. Be a but they, they, they've they all been they've all been in the top 50, 60. That we have we haven't found a lot outside of there. But yeah, you're right though. I'm I'm very happy with our recruitment over the last two or three years. I've got no issue with that. People carry on about um yeah, especially Kane Corns about Phillips, but I mean Phillips will be fine. There's no issue with us picking up Phillips. I think people need to be patient. You can't judge you don't judge recruits on their first eighteen months. Certainly not. It's it, LD, people thought LDU was hopeless two or three years ago. And now, now he's he's an all Australian talent. I mean, it, it, Luke McDonald used to get bagged. Um, it, it takes some some players takes forty games, some takes takes sixty or seventy. Um, people mature at a different rate. You just got to be patient. You can't. Jack Marnie gets judged now. The kids he's still only nineteen twenty. Um, yeah, I think he's twenty one. Yeah, so yeah, yes. you've got to you've got to wait till they've played fifty or sixty games. You can't. It's just you know, turn. It's uh, fair enough. For, Judging someone like Kane Turner, who's now been around <laughs> for seven or eight years, and 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 probably you could argue that he's he's not improved, hasn't improved um, from his first two or three years. That that's fair enough. He's a bit at the same time he's still a great servant of the club, um, but you can't judge someone who's playing their third year like they It's it's AFL's tough. It's too, it's too early to make that judgment. 
Lockie Young's a perfect example. You know, last year he's got to be delisted. This year he's making clangers. He's got to go. He's going to finish the season. They'll end up in our top ten and our best and fairest. People got to be really, yeah. And he he's nowhere near fifty games. So, you know, Aiden Bonner. Aiden Bonner. He's another one. His body hasn't been right, but most people who looked on Saturday, apart from the fact he was cramping, go, "Gee, that that guy's when he's out in the park and his body's right, he's going to be a good player for us." Yeah, hundred percent. So yeah. we've all got we've all got to be really careful about judging people too early, um, you know. And and the same thing with what's going with the coaching. You don't know whether they've got injuries, whether they've got issues with the coach. You know, Aiden Core is a. I can tell you now, he's a better player than what we're seeing, uh, and I. I'm sure we'll get. He'll be. You know, I'm not. He's not going to be. A, he's he's a third defender. He's not number one or two, but I've seen him play really good footy with GWS. They were not happy to lose him at all. Um, no, no. So I, I think we're just going to be patient with individual players. Sometimes it's just too easy to. You, you you when you lose games, you want to find scapegoats and you want to pick out two or three players and say get rid of them. But it's you know it's not that simple. Um. Yeah. So I, I, I think I think I'm very excited about where that list is. I, I think we only need to add a few more pieces, and suddenly we'll be very competitive. I, I don't think it's anywhere near as bad as it, it's looked this season. I think we've got a lot of supporters. We should be excited about what's coming in the next two or three years. Yeah, oh, definitely, hundred percent. Now, before I finish, uh, or before we finish, now you mentioned um, people judging Kane Turner. I assume um, this week you want him straight back into the team. No. <laughs> no. No, I don't. I, he's been a great servant of the club, but I, I don't, I, right now there isn't a place for him. I, there's no, who would you take out of the side to bring him in? Well, if Stevenson's out, they might bring him in um, oh. as a lofty end defender. <laughs> well, Jason Horn Francis has got to come in for a start. Yeah, hopefully. So I, 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 think, I, I think Greenwood's another one who um, will, I think, will become a depth, a depth player. Uh, over the next twelve months, even even Jack Zebel next year won't be guaranteed a spot in the side. Um, yeah, yeah I, 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 I think you know. I'm not saying he he's got a contract for next year, and, and it'll be great to have him at the club, regardless. And you know what, players like Greenwood, Zebel, and Turner playing in the VFL is not a bad thing. It's great for the development of the kids in that side. So you don't have to have these guys at the club to be playing the seniors. They can do a lot of. Do a lot for the club playing in the VFL anyway. Not saying they will be, but certainly not Jack would like hearing that. He'd probably like to bop me on the nose for saying it, but um, <laughs> which would hurt given uh, given his strength. Um, but yeah. I, so I, I think um, I, I'm happy to have those guys at the club. I just I just think they might end up being more depth players in the next twelve months. It's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, yeah, no, uh, definitely. We should um, have uh, players fighting for positions uh, next mm. year. Like I talked about Eddie Ford earlier, yeah. and um, yeah, uh, what's uh, Tom Stewart's brother, Callum Dawson? Um, yeah, yes, he, he, he looks uh, a similar type of player to him. So hopefully, uh, yeah, we've got our own Tom Stewart coming through next year as well. Wouldn't um, that be great? Yeah, hundred percent. He's a very good player, Tom Stewart. So, right, <laughs> you know, they're very they don't grow on trees. No, so not one of them. So, yeah. Um, we, you mentioned Jason Lord Francis possibly coming in this week. Uh, any other changes? Um, Probably not. not. I, I don't think anyone else deserves to go out. To be fair, I, 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 look, I want I want to see Gator inside. I want to see Callum Dawson play footy for sure. Um, mm. But outside of that, I, I think they'll probably have to wait a week. Um, 
I think to be fair to the guys, you know, I think I, there weren't many players that I was disappointed in. I think I don't think Corb will get dropped. I think there's an argument that he could come in. Callum Dawson could come in for him at the moment, but I don't think that'll happen. I think they'll no. give they'll let him have another week to learn the structures again. Um, so I think it'll be Jason Horn Francis in for Stevenson. That would be my guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then yeah, you're probably, right about Eddie Ford. He'll have to come in sooner rather than later. Yeah, maybe for Charlie or Zaro. Uh, oh, okay? yes. Well, I, didn't, I actually didn't think Charlie was playing in the first quarter. I yeah, actually, well, he had no touches. Well, I tweeted out, is he not playing? I wasn't being a smart ass. I actually thought something <laughs> had happened. Yeah. Um, and then I saw him take that kick where he cut <laughs> he, that beautiful kick he did. But yeah. I feel for Charlie because he's, he's not he's not playing a position where it's easy for him to get possession. So and I'm mm. not sure if he's a natural small forward. Um Anyway, we'll have to see with Charlie, but I, I, I do think there's a, he's going to be a good player. It's just finding the right spot for him. Um, yeah, I, I just think we've got to get Eddie Ford in the team. I, I just, yeah, I agree. Um, I, think he, I think he's just far too good for reserves football. And he doesn't he doesn't get to shine in reserves football because the stand is very different. It's very scrappy and it's very hard to be forward in that team in the reserves. So well, I think he, he's, he's shown when he goes up to the top level, he actually plays just as well, if not better, than he does at the VFL. So yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, so hopefully he gets his uh, opportunities. That's all of that. There's, like you said, there's not much that um, really could come out. Look, look, we've got a, a plethora of midfielders, so I wouldn't mind seeing uh, Hugh Greenwood, you know, uh, come out of the team for, you know, uh, someone else. Um, Taron Thomas would be nice, you know. So, well, that's a good point. Uh, if Taron Thomas is ready to come back in, um, I'd have him in. I'd bring. I'd, I agree with you. I'd take Greenwood out and bring him in, or Charlie, one of the two. Um, and I agree about Eddie Ford. He's probably a better option than Charlie on that forward line at the moment. Yeah, well, um, we'll wait and see what mm. happens. Anyways, Mark, I think I've held you on, up long enough. Um, anything else you'd like to add? No, mate. Just always a pleasure. Thank you very much for having me on. I've enjoyed it as always. So thanks very much to Mark for coming on the show once again. Um, yeah, look, obviously a, a much better podcast, a much more positive podcast this week uh, as opposed to the last few weeks where uh, it's been hard to find the positives, but uh, plenty of uh, positives to discuss as far as you know, uh, moving a ball, uh, disposal efficiency, uh, individual players like LDU who's just taken his game to a whole new level and has become one of the best uh, you know midfielders in the competition and. Yeah, uh, even uh, uh, I think got uh, Player of the Week um, this week as well. Um, so in the AFL, so I did see that on Twitter. I'm not too sure what award that was or, or what it is, but um, yeah, I did see that. Uh, anyways, that's it for this episode. Um, thanks for listening once again. So I will be back later in the week. Uh, I'll do another episode probably around Thursday night. I'll try and get someone uh, on for that, and we'll do a bit of a preview of the Richmond game. Um, We'll probably talk a little bit about uh, a little bit more about um, yeah uh, the Collingwood game and probably what's been happening uh, for for the whole week as well. So I'm sure it's very hard for us to keep out of the news. So it would be would be um, unlikely that would be out of the news this week. Um, there's still going to be a lot of talk about coaches and uh, and so forth and the Jeff Walsh review and probably individual players. So yeah, I mean there'll be plenty to discuss on Thursday evening as well. Um, Thanks to everyone that uh, likes and retweets and does everything to help the show. Um, I really appreciate it. Um, it's definitely uh, going out to you know, 
more people, which is uh, very important. So, yeah, um, I'm very happy that the show's growing and going out to all you lovely listeners and all you uh, different North supporters out there. So, yeah, I'm happy to create a platform for you guys to listen to. Anyways, that's it. I think I've talked enough shit for this evening. Um, Anyways, yeah, I will leave a shout-out to Paul Wind. Bye for now.